0: So today, we are going to continue our fall series uh, called Come and Go. Uh, Everybody say come and go. Can we do that? I like the... Oh, man, you guys are awake this morning. All right, let's do this. Uh, The idea is to hone in on fundamentals, right? The fundamentals of the gospel, uh, really what Jesus uh, was about, is about. Um, We're coming in pretty hot to this Christmas season. Who's excited for Christmas? Anybody have lights up already? Yeah, that's good. Uh, Christmas season where we celebrate his life, right? That's, that's what it's all about and, 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 of course, centers on what he came for in the first place. And so I really, I think, in, uh, in honesty, while things are really uh, at a point where they, they appear really crazy kind of right now, uh, what we're trying to do is remember that, that we're called to peace um, in the midst of a bunch of uncertain uh, circumstances and surroundings, I think, uh, to be reminded that our hope is secure, <laughs> right, that kind of thing, um, as voices of division even, I think, I mean, it seems, uh, maybe it's just my perception, but it seems like voices of division are getting louder, maybe a little bit angrier, um, and uh, we're trying to be reminded that we're called to be united in love, and that's what we're, we're doing here. Um, I think there's temptation to kind of make accusations to hand out blame, and uh, we're declaring really instead that Jesus is the Christ. He is the King. He is the Savior. Yes. Uh, And the truth is, he he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. Is that right? And so that's good. Uh, Not to take, but to give, and not for the self-righteous, but for sinners. This is good news for all of us. You know, the Bible says, obviously, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, So I think that's something that uh, we can rely on, right? He's reliable. He's powerful. Uh, he lives. He is love. It's not a fairy tale. <laughs> he's not far away. Uh, his purposes are good. His promises are true. Uh, and it is God's design, frankly, to pour out His goodness and shed His light—the light we can receive—to shed to shine His light through you and me and, and us. Is that true? <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good calling. Um, so, if you're new here, welcome. Uh, if you haven't been here in a while, or like I often do, just kind of forgot what we've been talking about these last seven or eight weeks or so, um, we've been asking ourselves, how do I, how do you live as disciples of Jesus? Okay, it's a worthwhile question, is it not? Um, like, how, <laughs> how are we doing? How are we doing? It's kind of a convicting question, I think, a lot of times too. We remember Jesus had expectations, set expectations of his disciples. He said, come on, and follow me, believe in me, accept me and what I'm teaching, and then go and make disciples of all nations. And so, the disciple definition that I've been trying to hone in with you guys uh, in this series is someone that accepts, right? Accepts and then assists in the spreading of the doctrine of another, right? Spreading the doctrine, the teachings, the subsets, the beliefs, uh, the foundations. And also been asking, so what are we being discipled by? Because I think the truth is in this world that we're, we're always, uh, maybe not always, a lot of times we're being discipled by multiple things, not just Jesus. <laughs> maybe are by the news, maybe by politics, maybe by our fears. And so if we're accepting those things, the, the truth is, the gospel truth is that we assist in spreading them uh, as well. And so instead, really, the, the call of a disciple or the great commission as we often call it, to go and make, which really in truth is as you're going, as you're going along, right? It's not a a certain destination. But the truth is that can't be done if you skip the step before (laughs) to come and to follow, right? You just can't do it. um, In a gospel sense, you can't lead if you don't know how to follow, if you're not following. You can't teach something that you have not learned, true? You can't assist in spreading, what you haven't received for yourself, and you can't give what you don't got. It's kind of an easy catchphrase way to say it. Um, And so we are going to talk today about living a life of service. I think it's kind of fitting. We've got Veterans Day coming up. Uh, So first, thank you to all you uh, veterans and your service. Appreciate that. Yeah. And so... uh, Making disciples is indeed a service, right, Uh, to God and his kingdom, to those that are coming into it. Uh, Worship is actually service to God, believe it or not. Uh, This, we call this a service, right, don't we, typically? Um, And so we do serve here. But the the truth is we're also served here. That's kind of the uh, design of the church. And uh, we do get filled up, and then, and only then, can we flow out. Uh, And it's this cyclical kind of recurring thing right? Uh, so you can see it, I think, all over nature, God's design. There's these cycles and uh, like seasons, right? Seasons, planets, animals, even the circle of life. I was thinking about Lion King uh, yesterday. There is order. It's not chaos in the sense that it is ordered by God. There is God-ordained order, but it can be confusing or even chaotic. Is that true? Maybe just for me. <laughs> in that there are competing forces, there, there is opposition, right? And so that's a reality that, that we have to face. And I think there is value, uh, huge value, in this focus on the fundamentals, in recognizing uh, also, like, we can't learn it all today. <laughs> is that true? Can't learn it all today. Um, that's kind of hard for me sometimes, honestly. Like, I want to talk about it all today, but I do want you to know that I'm, I'm seeking the Lord each week, right? I don't know how else really I'd be able to encourage you to do the same. That's what we're trying to do, here, um, trying to be obedient to what he's doing, to what he's saying currently. Jesus is still speaking to this day, and I really think that he's quite interested in challenging some of my, and maybe your, or our uh, conventions or traditions. I really think that that's true. Um, They're not all bad, for sure, right? They're not all bad, Uh, but I think when we're not paying attention, it can lead us to complacency, Um, can get us stuck in in ruts or in habits that leave us needing intimacy with God a lot less, a lot, lot less. It's like, we're just just doing and going. (laughs) It's like, what about me over here? And he's interested in relationship, right? Um, Ultimately, it's intimacy that leads to uh, living lives of abundancy that Jesus said he came and died for. So that's good. So bearing godly fruit in this world, for his kingdom. Uh, so I do want to challenge you, uh, and hopefully you've been challenged a little bit as I'm being challenged, that's for sure, uh, to start or continue to seek God's face, to approach the throne. Uh, we've been looking at that. It's, it's a possibility. And something I want to peek at real quick first is the Bible does talk about this spiritual milk and solid food kind of thing. Uh, in a bunch of places, Hebrews uh, 5 in particular says that, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. Jesus, the one and only son of God. And he was heard because of his reverence, his admiration, respect, awe, his worship of God. And then it said he learned obedience through what he suffered, which is always kind of a tough one for me. He learned like, what does Jesus need to learn? <laughs> he learned obedience through what he suffered. And it says that Jesus was made perfect, becoming the source of eternal salvation to all that obey him. <laughs> and then this next part, the author continues, transitions, and he says, About this, we have much to say. It's hard to explain, however, because you have become dull of hearing. When I read this, I always feel convicted because you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time, everybody say this time. Oh, you're slowing down. I'll try to speed up. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of of God. And so uh, it says you need milk. (laughs) You actually need spiritual milk, not solid food. It's interesting that he's saying these basic principles, it it really is the foundation, just like a baby has milk, right? Starts out with milk. Uh, That doesn't just go away. No, it's helping to build the the bones that, that carry them for the rest of their lives. And he says, you need milk, not solid food. Solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment, those who have their powers of discernment, this is what we're trying to do, trained, everybody say trained. Better. Trained by constant practice, have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil, valuable from worthless, is what that literally means. Now listen, none of us always get that right. <laughs> I, I most certainly don't, but it is always worth the effort. It is always worth the effort. And as a church, I just really believe that we're being called forward in our giftings. We're being called forward and, and being pulled towards operating more closely as a community. Uh, and so let's be practicing. This is just a word of encouragement. Let's be practicing. I always tell Cooper, our son, our eight-year-old now, uh, you know, he's very interested in trying to be good at things right away. And, and I always tell him, he's like, hey, God, how do I get good at, at throwing the football? And you know what I tell him? By throwing the football. <laughs> he's, he asked me one time, how do I get, how do I get good at making a basket? Uh, ball into the hoop. It was like, well, by trying to make the basketball in the hoop. That's how you get better. It's this practice thing. (laughs) So we can be asking, and I want to encourage you to share what you're hearing. If you're hearing from the Lord, uh, that's what we're being pulled into, I think. Let's share with each other what the Lord is speaking to you, and we can help each other figure out the will of God, and then receive the blessings as we partner in his kingdom. Amen? Is that good? Uh, The truth is, uh, it's not for the few right? It's not for the few. The feast is for a family. (laughs) Feast is for a family. And so that's what we're trying to do. And it's challenging in this season. I can tell you that for sure. But just be reminded that the invitation does stand. Uh, We can be steady in whatever he is speaking. That's the way forward. Uh, Listen to, support, and encourage one another. Uh, Because as disciples of Jesus, we don't live for ourselves. I don't live for myself. I live for my king. (laughs) I live for my king. That is true life, actually. That's That's God's design to live a full life, to know him and then serve him. Psalm 2410 says, who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. So we're not our own masters. Other people are not our own masters. Uh, Systems of this world do not master us. Jesus is the king that we serve. Jesus is the king that we serve. And one of the truly amazing things about Jesus, our King, my King, is that He serves us first. He serves us first. He served us first. Jesus came to this world. This Jesus, the Bible tells us, is through whom God created the world. (laughs) Through whom Jesus, God, through Jesus, created the world. And Jesus came to the world to be the Messiah, to save the world in which he created. Doesn't that seem weird? He came to live in it as a human and die to save it. Truly, I think, one of the most profound realities of all time. Probably V. And we'll be looking a lot closer at this, I think, next month as we get closer to Christmas. we we'll gonna try to do a unique kind of thing there. Um, we also know that his coming, Jesus, and his service we're predicted, we're prophesied many, many times throughout the Bible, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before he ever showed up in the flesh. What does that mean? Well, one thing I think is God always has a plan. (laughs) God always has a plan. He's always working something. We just sang it. And I think we got to really try to to hold on to that and, and believe it. A couple of these prophecies out of the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament Isaiah 52 and 53. Just listen if you can pick up on anything here. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human, and from his appearance one would scarcely know he was a man. Isaiah 53. Yet, everybody say yet. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet, everybody say yet. (laughs) Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So I think to get this service thing that we're looking at today, I think we have to know, realize, and understand that Jesus did serve us first, that we are, have been, and must be served first before. Serving does anything. That's come and then go. He carried our weakness. This was again clearly and unquestionably about Jesus in this passage like 500 some years before he even showed up as a baby in a manger. (laughs) People thought it was punishment from God and it was actually a choice. It was actually a choice. He actually made a choice. And why, maybe you've heard this verse, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Doesn't that sound like a fairy tale? This is true. This is true. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him, It was a choice. It was God's divine design. He sent a servant to be a sacrifice. What people thought was punishment was actually pure love. Actually pure love. Out of love for us, for you and for me, to give us true life. True life. Forgiveness. Say these with me. Forgiveness. Wholeness. Healing. Salvation. salvation. That's a pretty cool list. <laughs> so if this is what the Savior of the world and our king went through, and that's what he did it for, we should be going after those things, right? Should we pursue those? Should we seek those? Forgiveness, wholeness, healing, salvation? I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that to believe. But, but, but Jesus died for it. And he knew the world needed it. He knew that I needed it. <laughs> so you may not need it, but I'm here to tell you somebody does. Somebody needs it. That's service. Somebody needs it. So with Christ Jesus being our example, I think we need to learn how to serve. <laughs> how to serve. How do we serve? And, and I won't serve effectively effectively. In a supernatural way, if I haven't accepted that He came and served me first. And if I don't know why, then my service is, is like falling short. But listen Jesus didn't die for the necklace around your neck. <laughs> you know what? Jesus didn't die for a little bitty cross on your neck. He suffered, was beaten, whipped, crushed, and killed. For you, he took your place. He took my place so that your sorrow and weakness and sickness and sin could be replaced with forgiveness and wholeness and healing and salvation. That's good news. Thank you, Jesus. And so we don't turn on the TV to see what serving looks like, right? I mean, of course, I think the world owes me something if I don't know how much I've already been given. And I could worry myself to death about tomorrow. If I don't remember, I've been given life forever. (laughs) Forever. Forever. Why would I forgive someone if I don't know that everything I've done has been forgiven? So that's what we're looking at. As disciples, we learn from Jesus. Jesus. It sounds simple, but it's true. <laughs> and it is supernatural. We look to him, his word, his character, and again, what he's speaking right now. Jesus speaks to this day. Philippians 2, uh, you must have the same attitude. Whew, that's convicting already to me. Dang it. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. <sighs> Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus says in Matthew 20, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. That's still true. (laughs) and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, church, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we see that this service, includes humility and sacrifice and submission. Not maybe three of my favorite words. Wow, humility, sacrifice, and submission. Uh, The word servant in this case comes from the Greek word that means voluntarily to serve. It is a choice. It is a choice. I mean, did I deserve it? Did you deserve it? That's That's a worthwhile question because the truth is people that you will serve Some of them aren't going to deserve it either. It's a choice. (laughs) When you've accepted it, when we continue to be reminded of and accept the beautiful reality of what Jesus did, that shows us what God stands for, and then we can do the same. Remember when Jesus fed the 4,000 to Matthew, I think maybe uh, chapter 14? And the disciples were like, send these dudes away. (laughs) Get them out of here. Like, let's hang with Jesus. Get these guys out of here so they can get something to eat. What did Jesus say? He said, you give them something to eat. You do it. You give them something to eat. Don't send them away. And they're like, what? What? This is what we got. Just a little bit. But he says, bring what you have to me. (laughs) That's service. Bring what you have to me. And let it be blessed, give thanks, and let God multiply it. And they never run out. They bring back more than they started with. That's the cycle of service. That's the gospel. So serving brings a benefit to the whole, not just to ourselves. I think that's why a lot of us get caught up in this emptiness and we keep growing out. And listen, I'm not judging that. It happens to me a lot. If I'm being honest, we got to give it out. What do you got? Bring it before the Lord. Give thanks. Let them break it and multiply it. Get some more back. <laughs> uh, Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. This is a church. It, it causes some problems, man. <laughs> if you read these letters, they're causing some problems. He's like, I'm, I'm servant. To you, for Jesus' sake, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We can learn from our king what true serving really does look like. We can know, listen, we can know the glory of God. You can know it by looking to Jesus. He is the one that can equip and empower us. He's the one that had compassion on us, right? You see Jesus all the time. Oh, just moved by compassion, going somewhere else. Like, okay, yeah, be healed. Go and say no more. And so it's that realization. I think the compassion, the compassion that He gives us, that's what we let flow out. That's how we have compassion for other people. Ah, they don't deserve it. I, I don't. That's not for me to say. I have compassion because, man, God has been outrageously compassionate to me. So the next point I think I want to make today is is let's put our serving into action, into action. Learning how to serve like Jesus matters when we do what he tells us to do. Is that right? Says in Hebrews 11, I'd be catching a theme. It's probably my favorite book in the Bible. Without faith, say without faith. It is impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God for whoever would draw near to God. That's what we're trying to do, right? The throne, come on, let's go to God. Let's hear his voice. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, okay, check, and that he rewards, say rewards, those who seek him. Wow, what? Believe that he exists and believe that going after God results in something for me too. That is really cool. It's an incentive program, almost. (laughs) So let's look a little bit how this might look practically, right? And and we're, we're focusing on these basics, but that's because it's where it starts. They're foundations for a reason. They're not foundations you leave and go build something else. They're the foundation that your spiritual house is built upon. We should always go to God first. Go to God first. We need his voice. Is that true? Go to God first. What more honorable pursuit is there than that? Really? I don't think there is one. <laughs> when I'm feeling down, I'm like, I still got your voice. You're still speaking. You're still here. I have hope. That's good. I was thinking about, I don't have time to get into this story much, but First uh, Samuel, uh, Samuel, prophet Samuel, amazing character in the Bible, Um, and I think it's in chapter three, it says, the Lord came, it is, the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. But you notice it said, the Lord came and called as before. Well, what happened when he was calling the last times? Well, Samuel didn't know it was God. We've all been through that. If you can hear the voice of God, there was a time he was speaking and you couldn't. And so, We can go after that. We can teach each other how to hear it. If we can do that and do it together as a family, the possibilities have no end. None. And so Samuel gets taught, speak. Lord, your servant is listening. He's like, what? What's happening? Only after mistaking his voice for someone else's. It's a recurring theme in the Bible, and it does take practice. It's not easy. It's not always a thundering voice from heaven. Or ever, maybe, depending on on your experience. Um, So we need to come as servants before our Lord and listen for his voice. That's how we help others. And then when you hear from God, do what he tells you. (laughs) It is simple. Do what he tells you. Doesn't mean it's easy, it means it's true. One of the most effective ways, I think, to hear from our Lord is to ask him to let you serve others. He's interested in that, highly, highly interested in that. Luke 6, 46, Jesus said, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Being a disciple means not just believing, but following his lead and doing what he speaks. These are necessary components. So one challenge I wanna give you is ask God who you can serve this week and then do it. I do this a lot, especially if I'm feeling like, oh, Lord, what do you, I ask him, Lord, put somebody on my heart. Put somebody on my heart. Let Let me serve you by serving somebody else. Put somebody on my heart. And so what I have helped people, I think, do that by just saying, just sit down in silence and ask God, put somebody in my heart. The first person that comes to your mind, send a text message immediately, no longer than two sentences, and say, just thinking about you, I love you. You don't have to say you're praying for them. You don't have to say anything, but then pray for them. It makes a difference. You, you would be astounded how many times that that message showed up exactly at the right time. And I'm telling you, God is interested in the people that are listening for his voice and will respond to what he says. And it's a lot easier, listen, it's a lot easier to understand how much God loves you when you start to understand how much he loves other people. Makes it a lot easier. Well, you must love me too because <laughs> I'm seeing how much you love all these people and when his love has a constant flow through you, through us, we can't stay filled up and always have his goodness to flow out. The next one, when serving, we must be humble. Humble. Not a town in Texas, although it is. Um, <laughs> this is my brain, sorry. I try to block those things out. Um <laughs> Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Listen, no one would have to tell us to always be humble and patient if we were always uh, and gentle, if, if we always did it, <laughs> right? You don't tell your kids to do stuff they already do every time. Is that true? I don't, at least. There's plenty of options. I don't tell them what they already do. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love, make every effort, everybody say every, Every. effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. That is a way to be bound together, to protect each other. First Peter 5, in the same way, you who are younger, I'm still young (laughs) to some people, not my kids, Uh, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, this is honor. It's a culture of honor. There are people that have been walking with the Lord for a long time here, and I want to hear from them. I want to give them honor. I want to pray with them. I want to listen to them. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility. I tried today. Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all of your worries. Didn't say some, didn't say a few, didn't say every other day. We're on the holidays. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. That's sweet, God. This type of humility starts with each of us as disciples living like Jesus, letting our pride die. Sometimes that's painful but it is productive, giving others recognition, rejoicing in the success of others. God is not running out of grace (laughs) or provision. There is plenty to go around. He does honor humility. Uh, Fourth one, walk in mutual, everybody say mutual, submission, I think, personally, that we've gotten some of this authority stuff a little upside down at the church. Now, like, submit to my authority. I'm, I'm Mutual, <laughs> mutual submission. Don't expect somebody to submit if, if, if you don't. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of reverence for the reality of your eternity. That statement is, is in a passage about marriage, you know, about marriage. Perfect example of unity, relationship with others, and the perfect example of an opportunity to serve another person. The truth is, it doesn't matter how they respond. (laughs) It doesn't matter if they deserve it. Listen, my wife does not always deserve my love. That's That's a joke, guys. Come on. Lighten up a little bit. That's a joke. Of course she does. Look at her. She's amazing. Yes, she is. Yes. Thank you. Save me, please. She knows. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting. What matters? You know I'm kidding, right, babe? Okay. Uh, What matters is that we serve with love out of reverence for Jesus. That's when it's productive. Finally, uh, I think we should and we can find joy. Say joy, this is good. Joy in serving others. Joy in serving others, Philippians 2. But I will rejoice, says Paul, even if I lose my life. Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service, receive it, is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Paul, if you look, a lot of times in his letter says, make my joy complete. Make my joy complete. He realizes that he doesn't have complete joy without fulfilling this calling in his life. And that is for everybody. It's not for Paul alone. It's not for pastors alone, right? It's the people of God. That is our calling. And it's a way for, for further blessing. It's a way for outpouring. It's a good design. He realizes that God's designed for wholeness, right? Jesus died so that we would be made whole, uh, that God's designed always, always involves others, always. Worship the Lord with gladness, come before him singing with joy. That's what we do while we're worshiping. Even in the midst of crazy circumstances, we can have joy together in service. We can worship as a way to serve God and be served in return. God wants to celebrate with us. You know that? Open the Bible. Our God parties, man. He does. He does. He, he required it. He commanded it. You must party this date for this reason. Like, and some of them said, don't cry. Make sure you don't cry. Because I got you. I'm a good God. Eat, drink, be merry. God is into it. He wants to celebrate with us. And so when we hear his voice, when we obey, this is not like a bad dad, right? The father of the universe, the creator of the world. He's like, just... Just do what I say. I won't give you more than you can handle. And then let's celebrate. My goodness, together, he wants that. We can have it. It brings glory to his name. It blesses his people. It accomplishes his purposes. And the truth is, it demolishes the work of our opposition. It does. Listen to the heart of God. Uh, In this parable told by Jesus, I'm only just going to read it a little bit. Three servants given money, talents, whatever you want to call it. Um, two used it wisely, one did not. The first one was, sold, was told, well done, vice king. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you will be governor of 10 cities as your reward. <laughs> what? He just gave him a little bit, just a little bit. And he brought it and let God multiply it because he knew God was a good God. And it is in our good God's nature to pour out blessing on those who serve him, serve his people, go to the people that he sends you to, not to get something, but out of love and devotion and trust because you have been loved. (laughs) Uh, Worship and prayer teams, could you come up uh, here shortly? Let me close up. Um, Remember the verse uh, from Hebrews 5 earlier? Solid food is for the mature. Yes, then maybe. Nobody remembers it? Anybody? Okay. Yes, thank you. Well, the, the, the next, so that was 514, I think. Up. And then chapter six says, let's move on from the foundations. Let's move on from these elementary principles, these doctrines, not move on like go to a different town, move on like from first grade to second. And then what's next says this to maturity to what God has for us. Jump down to verse seven. It's one of my favorite passages. You probably heard it from me before, but it says, for land that has drunk, the rain that often falls on it. This is a picture of God's provision. It says, I'm giving you plenty. <laughs> You've got all you need. For land that has drunk, the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated, You are a crop of God. (laughs) You're a spiritual house of God being built up for his purposes. You have a reason. You have a reason. For those whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. This is the picture. This is his divine design. Receive God's loving provision. That's part of what we're doing here. Receive it. Be cultivated. Know what it's for. And then go. Go. And then he gets some more. (laughs) If we're all doing that, imagine what God can do here. In this little southern Wisconsin town, oh, he's ready. I'm telling you right now, he is ready, he is prepared.